Hello, hello. Welcome back to A Journal Through Time. So before we get started on this episode, I just wanted to add this in as a little intro because I messed up. Um, well, I didn't really mess up. I sort of just missed out a sort of key bit of information that I want to talk about right now. So when we talk about the battle, which is what this episode is on, we need to consider decisions. And those decisions are based on one thing or the other. If you choose one path, it takes you down a losing path. And if you choose another, it can generally take you down a more successful path. So what am I talking about? I'm talking abstract right now. So long-term rewards versus short-term rewards, pleasure versus happiness, discipline versus laziness, consistency versus quitting, strength versus weakness, aggression versus being passive, stress versus perspective, detachment versus emotions, gaining ground versus losing ground, inspiration versus depression. And on that note, just had to get that in there. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello, welcome to episode 25 of A Journal Through Time. I'm your host, Ethan Powell. And today we're going to be talking about the battle. Now, when we're thinking about the battle, what am I saying? What do I really mean when I say there's a battle going on? We talk about this in quite a few different episodes, but I really want to dive into what it means to be winning the battle and, and how that sort of relates to life in general. So my perspective on the battle is this. There's two sides to my personality anyway, in terms of what I want, you know, what my goals are. And, and those change. I can, I can have very impulsive goals or I can have very long-term goals. So sometimes I'm I'm craving things. I have an impulse, right, to do something. I'm like craving sugar or I'm feeling really tired. I'm, I'm emotionally exhausted or, you know, maybe I don't want to go to the gym or, you know, I don't want to stay for that extra half an hour and put in that extra bit of work, right? And this is mediocrity. This is where most people are living their life, where they're not trying to find more. You know, you may not even think you're losing the battle, but you are, right? And, and I find myself in this place quite a lot and I don't want to be there. I really don't want to be there because I know if I'm being real with myself, I'm losing the battle right now, right? If I'm doing those things, if I'm not pushing myself, I am losing the battle. And if we don't accept this, it doesn't change, right? When I'm winning the battle, when I have momentum is when I'm trying to find more inside of myself. I'm trying to do that extra rep. I'm trying to read that book. I'm trying to squeeze in the time for me to meditate. I'm trying to wake up earlier so I can be more organized. You know, I'm, I'm really pushing myself in terms of creating a better life for myself, right? Not only creating a better me, but creating a better life for, for myself, for my friends, for my family, you know, to, to really, really give the most, right? And I think how difficult a battle is depends on how many battles how you've been doing in your previous battles right if if i if i've been someone who's been very inconsistent with the gym every time i go to the gym it's going to be a battle and it's going to be a hard one because think about it if maybe maybe 50 percent of the time that i try and convince myself to go to the gym i lose then every time like that's going to be there as evidence in my brain that i'm not as tough as i think i am right but if i'm someone who has been going to the gym five days a week for two years, the battle is almost non-existent. You've almost won the war, right? Because it's like, this is what we do. 
And I think when you integrate something that's difficult or uncomfortable as part of your identity, that's when you've won the battle. And the hardest part is to change that momentum, to flip that, to integrate new things into your identity that previously weren't there. You know, we talk about getting outside of your comfort zone. That's what that means, okay? Adding to your identity, because our identity is not fixed. Although we want to believe like, oh, this is just who I am. You know, I just don't like cold showers. <laughs> That's such a common one. I hate cold water, right? Yeah, right now you do. But our body has the ability to adapt. And if you're able to put yourself in difficult situations and battle with yourself, you're able to find more of life. You know, you're able to find more strength, more energy, more happiness, more fulfillment. And that's at least what I'm aiming for. Um, and I'm not always successful. You know, I, I get into parts where I'm winning battles and the more I win battles, the more I'm able to win more battles, right? If, if I can win the battle, the first battle of the day, which is waking up in the morning and I don't put my snooze on, that sets the tone for the day. But this is just a small, that's such a small thing, but it has a massive impact because if I've been waking up early, you know, for a year, the momentum of that is, is, just, is just insane. Like you can't even comprehend it, how, how much of an impact that would have on your life. You know, not just now, but 20 years down the line, right? When this has become part of your identity, you know, like I'm a morning person, right? right? That's what that is, right? That that's You've taken that battle of waking up early in the morning, which for a lot of young people is really difficult. Like I struggle with that. Sometimes I'm waking up at 10, 11. You know, there were times when I was younger when I was waking up at two, three in the afternoon, right? And you just lose your whole day. You know, you wake up, you're like, what the heck? I've lost half my day. Just because you've lost a major battle there. And, and whether you want to accept that or not, it's real. You've lost, right? That's reality staring you in the face that you've lost this day and then you have to carry that weight with you for the rest of the day so when you try and then think oh i've woken up at 2 p.m i'm gonna go for a run and eat a salad that's not even an option you're not even your brain's not even in that mode of thinking right when i was waking up at 5 a.m my brain was in the mode of let's go let's go okay that's that's what it that's what it does and you can try this right? wake up early you know and uh, when that alarm clock goes off, you may have lost your battle. Like for the for, for like for most of your life, you could be someone who's been like losing that battle of the morning and putting your snooze on and waking up at the last possible minute you could, right? But think about it: you're only hurting yourself. Okay, so I think you can't try and change everything at once. So if you're going to make a change, start with waking up early or at least earlier. You know, if if that's where we want to aim for, like becoming a morning person for me is, is, is a really important thing that I've never been able to, to solve. It's this big problem that I've just never been able to, to have it. Like maybe it's the fact that I work in hospitality and I'm working late and then I, you know, but I think that's, that's bollocks really. Like that's just an excuse. I could sit here and be like, Hey, look, you know, oh, I work really late and I'm tired when I get home and then I have to eat something. So that means that I, I don't sleep till like two hours after I've eaten because my body has to kind of process the food. It's bullshit. That's just an excuse, you know? And the thing is, I could say that to people and there are people that would be like, yeah, yeah, no, I completely get it. I completely understand. Those people are sympathizers. Don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's a time, 
that you have to be hard on yourself. And I don't expect other people to do that. Like when I'm saying those things like, oh yeah, you know, I'm like really tired and that's why I didn't wake up this morning. I know inside my own mind that I am chatting absolute nonsense. (laughs) I just, it's just not true. Like it's just not true, right? If you want to do something, you can fucking do it, right? If you want to become a morning person, you can do it. If you want to have a healthy diet and and exercise regularly, you can do it. The only person stopping you is you for most people, right? In most scenarios, even if you even if you're in a wheelchair, like there are people who are jacked and in great shape and are really living the most, doing the most, who are severely disabled and severely handicapped. So I'm like, well, what's my excuse? You know? Like my brain is just trying to push me in that direction. So I think it's really important to understand what are the factors involved in winning battles and how, do, how are we going to create, create the kind of life where we're consistently winning these battles, okay? So I'd say a fundamental part of winning the battle is decisions, right? Because most of the time we're self-sabotaging ourselves and we're making decisions based off decisions that we've made before. You know, we get into these habits and these habits can form ruts and they form almost useless parts of our personality that we just do things because it's the way we've done it before, right? So breaking out of that mold by making different decisions, you know, deciding I'm going to wake up at 6am today, tomorrow, like, like I'm going to have, I'm going to do this, this, and this, you know, even, even the night before deciding to, to get a notepad and write down what it is you want to accomplish the next day, you know, how you want to feel, what you want to get done. You're setting challenges in front of yourself. And when you're accountable, we talked about accountability that allows you to really see if you're winning the battles or not. That's such a huge thing because a lot of people, they're losing the battle so much that they don't, they don't even want to, they don't want to even know how bad it is. You know, they don't want to sort of see it. Like I'm someone who, even if I'm not doing well, I want to know that I'm not doing well because I know if I just allow this to become the norm, I'm never going to change, you know, and this is going to put me on a, on a downward trajectory for the rest of my life, right? If I, if I never get my diet sorted, if I never eat healthily, I'm limited. I'm, it's like, it's a really interesting concept, right? It's called a limiting factor. So when you, when you grow a plant, right, there's quite a few factors that are involved, like how much water it has, the humidity, the nutrients, the sunlight, right? And the ability for the plant to reach 100% growth is limited if one of the factors is not at the maximum capacity or is not at like the perfect amount. So if I have the temperature is perfect, the humidity is perfect, the nutrients are perfect, the sunlight is perfect, but the plant doesn't have enough water, the plant will only grow to how much water you have provided it. So that's the way I look at my life, right? I'm thinking, right, I might have my mindset sorted, I might have good psychology, I might have really good friends, I might have a supportive family. But if my diet's not there, I'm limited by that, like that's limiting me. To, to, to how, how well I eat, right? That is then becomes like the thing that if I change, it has a massive impact because then everything starts to work together, right? And that's how we form momentum and make real progress. Right, so decisions, huge. You know, we take control of our decisions. We take control of our life, okay? You make a new decision, you get a new outcome. So what's, 
a massive influencer on the decisions we're making. Our state, right? The state that we're in. You know, there's times when I'm in a very, a very bad state, or at least there's been times where I've been in a bad state because of the the decisions that I'm making on a daily basis. Like I'm not eating good. For example, um, when I started first year, I had this freedom where I could eat whatever I wanted to. And I was like, nice, I'm just going to eat pizza and chicken strips and chips and just do that. Because I was like, you know, it's just, I, I don't know why that I decided to do that. It was almost unconscious because it was like my brain was pushing me down that path of comfort and pleasure. And that was just, I was just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And then I started to like gain weight and I started to just feel just, just like crap all day. And I was like, wait, maybe this, this diet thing is like affecting me and putting me in a, in a bad state. And that's when I, I really got on it. Um, I got really, really on it and I completely changed my diet. I went, I did a full 360 and had no unhealthy food. And I literally cut out sugar and processed food for like two months, fully solid, cut it out and was exercising. I was doing really well. That then changed my state, right? Because in that state of being unhealthy and, and feeling like absolute crap, I wasn't able to, to feel like I could make those good decisions. It's like my brain is like clouded. My, my, all the cells in my body are lacking energy and drive. They don't feel like they can really do anything. So like diet is a massive factor or a massive component of being in a good state. But it's, it's one of those things that it takes a few different factors that you have to control in order to be able to be in a good state, right? So one of those is diet. One of those is your breathing. You know, if you can take control of your breathing and bring yourself into the present moment, you're able then to think more logically about the decisions you're making rather than making one on impulse. Okay. The other one is our physiology. We make decisions based on how we feel in the moment, right? But this is irrational. It doesn't make sense to make decisions on how we feel because I never feel like getting in a cold shower. I never feel like eating a salad. I never feel like going for a run, but I do it because I know it helps me. So if we can, if we can put ourselves in a state of confidence physiologically by expressing that, by having our shoulders back and like, like having your, your core being like locked in and, and feeling confident that allows you to make better decisions. I mean, there's been studies that have been done on this. They had, they is really interesting. Actually, they had basically, I think 20 or 30 people all jump off, bungee jump off this high ledge. Okay, two groups, let's say it's like, I don't know exactly how many people, but let's say two groups of 20 people, right? And they got the first group to go on all fours and have their head in their hands, right? And adopting this physiology, you know, the structure of your body is a very anxiety producing structure because it's like, I'm afraid, I'm hiding. Okay, and the kind of thoughts that come through your head when you're in this position, in this body position, are not going to be ones that are going to motivate you, motivate you to make a good decision and, and to, to take a risk, right? To jump off something, to do something that you're afraid of, you know, to really step outside your comfort zone. And these people, they recorded how long it took them to jump. So they, they had them stay in this position for, I think, two minutes and then told them to jump. And you think about it, right? These people have been 
have been going through all their anxiety and all their all their weaknesses and, and feeling about how weak they are, you know, such negative self-talk being in that physiological position. So it took them much longer than the other group because the other group, they told them to open themselves up, you know, have their hands in the air, you know, adopt a, what's called a power pose, which is like putting your body in a very confident position. If you can imagine someone who's extremely confident, what are they doing? Their shoulders are back, their arms are relaxed. You know, they're very upright, their chins up and they got them to do this. And those people, they jumped so much quicker. I think it was, it was a massive difference in how quickly these people jumped because when you put yourself in a, in a strong physiological position, that changes the way your brain thinks. The, the kind of thoughts that your brain produces when you're breathing deeply and you've been eating healthily and you're in a confident position is different. It's more motivating. It's like, it's like a cheat code to unlock the better version of yourself. And it's the same way if, you, if, you're, if you're putting yourself, like if you're trying to make a decision about what you're going to do with your life and you're sitting there with your head in your hands, you're not going to be creating solutions. You're just going to be, you're just going to be wallowing in the problems that, that are your life that are probably a lot of them caused by yourself. And I'm not saying that, you know, the reason why that some people are in a bad position, that it's not the fault of others. Cause it is like society and life will fuck you up. Like it will, but it's, it's, we all know it's like, it's how you deal with that. Like that's such an age old thing to say, but it, it really is. So if we're trying to win more battles, we need to understand that there is a battle. That's like step one. Like you need to know that there is a battle going on and that you're either losing, losing or you're winning all these little battles. And then you need to know that you'll make your the decisions that you make have a massive impact on whether you win or lose the battles and taking control of that conscious control by like we said changing your focus your breathing you know your physiology your energy changing these things is going to help you win these battles so that's kind of all i wanted to talk about that but now i want to kind of go on to something slightly different but still relevant which is the chimp now, this came from a book that I read um, quite a few years ago called The Chimp Paradox. I'd encourage you guys to read it. Basically, the idea is that our brain is separated into different parts. We have the human brain, the chimp brain, and the computer. Now, the human brain is like the prefrontal cortex. It's that part of our brain that allows us to make executive, rational decisions. You know, we can look at something logically, you know, it's kind of the part of our brain that could like problem solve, think about maths and be able to like justify points with evidence and logic and reasoning. And then you have like our limbic system, which is our emotional thoughts, our, our feelings, right? It's, it kind of feels like a very core internal part of us, these, these strong emotions. And then you have your computer, which is all your stored knowledge, all your kind of behavioral patterns, whether they're good or bad, are stored in your computer. Now, when we go to make a decision, sometimes our chimp has conflict with our human, right? Let's say you're out and someone makes a comment towards you, right? The logical brain might be like, I don't know this human being. I can just ignore this and move on and it has no impact on my life. If I engage this person, it could lead down a dangerous line and I could end up hurting them or they could end up hurting me. 
That's pretty logical, pretty rational. But the emotional part of our brain might be like, who the hell does this guy think he is saying this to me? I should give him a piece of my mind. Okay. That's not based on logic. That's based on emotion. Okay. And then your stored brain can override this. So, so, so your brain, a lot of times you'll see when, when people are in like confrontations, they'll go very quiet because they're almost like, I've seen it quite a lot. They'll be debating inside their head what they should do. Their chimp will be saying, Hey, you should, you need to do this. You need to do that. And the logical brain will be like, Whoa, 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 hold on. Let's think about this. We, we need to do this or this or this. Right. And there's, there's two parts to that. Right. But the, the, the computer is can sort of intervene and like for example if that was me in that situation i would be like i know this guy is not worth my time based on my previous experiences and i'm not going to waste my time engaging this person i'm just going to move on right so that kind of allows me to side with my human but if i've been someone who's sort of gotten in a lot of fights before and sort of some people like enjoy that you know getting into altercations with people because they're like quite disagreeable and they might they might automatically you know, because of their computer, their past experience, say something, right? Whereas I would sort of take a second to think, hmm, do I really want to engage with it? Is this really worth my time, right? Because it's something I've thought about, right? This one says something to me. Am I going to be the kind of person to kind of, you know, escalate the situation or de-escalate the situation, okay? That's what you have to think about. And that can come from a variety of different reasons, like your past experiences. Let's say because of the fact I've trained a lot of martial arts in my life, I'm not insecure about my ability to defend myself, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm like willing to fight anybody. I mean, in this in the sense that I'm not going to look for a fight because I have nothing to prove. Okay, I prove myself in the gym. I prove it to myself. I don't I don't feel the need to overcompensate and and prove to people that you know I know how to fight and I can handle myself and that I need to put people in their place because they're disrespecting me because I know that the people that are doing that are actually just projecting their own insecurities and and a lot of times they're they're having a shit life and they're just projecting that and you know I completely understand that but that's looking at things from a logical perspective right so it's hard for me to kind of explain the use of understanding this dynamic but it, it is very useful in terms of in terms of making better decisions and understanding yourself because i never i before i heard about this idea of the chimp paradox i never thought about the different thoughts that were coming through my head and what that meant and how to sort of how to navigate my way through life with these different thoughts you know but our emotions they're so they're so integral to our life you know we everybody wants to feel these happy emotions you know we, we want to feel the good emotions like life is good but i think the only way you can really get those and appreciate those is by doing stuff that sucks like you just have to and it's it's kind of a, it's a tough reality that most people they they know it but they don't want to accept it so they sort of just live in denial and just do what they've done and a lot of people are sort of waiting for something to happen to get that job and to to kind of get the life they want. And I ask people, I'm like, what, what do you want from life? Like, what are you going after? They're like, I don't know. I like, what do you mean you don't know? How can you not know? Like, how have you not given any thought to that? You know, so you're just going about your day-to-day -day life with no purpose, no mission, right? How? How can you do that? That's like the most important shit, <laughs> you know? Like, come on, come on. Like, I get it especially with younger people 
but I mean, it's such an important thing to think about, you know, where you're headed. Because if you want to make good decisions, right, there has to be a context for why you're making those decisions in the first place. You know, you just, are you just doing stuff for the sake of doing it? Which then like, you're not going to have um, a strong, a very convincing argument with yourself to put forward if you don't have proper goals. Okay, like the argument is going to be very weak because your brain is just going to be able to like, let's do this. And you'll be like, yeah, sure. Because there's no disagreement. It's almost like there's no battle. So like you're just in this comfort zone. You're in this box that is life. And you're not taking any ownership or accountability of it. Okay, so as soon as you decide what it is that you want to do, that's when you create a battle. Because you're trying to find more of yourself. So I thought for the last sort of bit of this podcast, we could talk about um, dopamine. Because I think this is a very important part of winning the battle. And I think a lot of people are sort of don't really understand this and don't know what it means, right? So a lot of people are struggling to find motivation. And dopamine is the chemical that is fundamental to motivation. So there's this really interesting idea that when you're going to do something that produces dopamine, like drinking alcohol, or let's say smoking a cigarette, smoking a cigarette is a good example. When you're rolling your cigarette, it's, it's before you do the action of smoking the cigarette that most of the dopamine is released because the dopamine is motivating you to roll and smoke this cigarette. You get a small, like 20% of the dopamine is released after you've done it or while you're doing it. And then the 80% is released pre-doing it. So when we're craving sugar, when we're craving cigarettes, you know, that will release dopamine to motivate you to do these things. So that's why it's very hard for us to get motivated to do things that benefit us in the long term, you know, to make those decisions that are going to help you long term and win those battles is a very hard thing to do. And that's why. So one thing that I've done in the past is I've gone on like a dopamine detox where you in the first kind of half of the day, you only do activities that are low dopamine. So for me, I've got uni work, exercise, journaling, writing notes, watching self-improvement videos, reading, cooking, um, serving other people, talking, having a conversation, learning, and creating content. These are all things that they're stimulating and they're rewarding, but they're not high dopamine. Now, high dopamine activities are like listening to music, browsing the internet, going on social media, for me, watching UFC, browsing YouTube, you know, doing drugs, um, and playing Xbox. But then I've also got high, high dopamine activities that are damaging. So eating sugar, having high, carb, high carbohydrate, high fat food, um, like watching porn and like doing drugs. So these are things that produce lots of dopamine, but they're damaging. And the other ones, like the, the other high dopamine stuff, I, I listed it is it is dangerous and damaging but not like instantaneously it's kind of like you're losing the battle but you could convince yourself that you're not because you're like I'm just chilling I'm just enjoying myself I'm just relaxing and some people be like yeah fair enough like you should be able to do that like let's say if I if I do a nine to five I come home you know I just want to like 
I just want to like play Xbox and listen to music, you know? And for a lot of people, they, they can rationalize that and that is fine for them. And I also think that's fine. If that's what you, if you're happy with your life being like that, like if that's cool for you, but I think for people who are trying to trying to find more of life, you know, trying to really push themselves to, to learn more and be more and do more, you have to, you have to cut those things down. You have to really limit those things, you know, listening to music. I love listening to music, but if I could be listening to audiobooks, that's, that's the way I think about it. Like, what could I be doing? I'm like, that's one of the things for me, right? When we talk about, when I spoke earlier about having something that's just a habit, I listen to music for hours every day, right? And this is something that I sort of just do unconsciously. And it's only because we're talking about this that I've realized this is something that I just do unconsciously. But normally it's just a part of my day. I get, I get up in the morning, I put music on right? But I'm actually damaging myself. I'm hurting myself because if I woke up in the morning to silence and I meditated, right? Or if I had, you know, an audio book on in the background, the compound effect of how that affects my day and my life and who I am as a person, it's massive. It's such a massive change and difference that that makes. So there's a battle there that I'm losing every day and I don't even know I'm losing it. That's how powerful the mind is. You just get in these unconscious patterns. Right. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so I'd encourage you guys to try to do like a dopamine detox, try and engage, make a list of things that are good for you, that are productive and help you get towards your goals and call that the, the LDPA, the low dopamine producing activities, and then make another list of the high dopamine producing activities, and then only do those after a certain time. So in the morning, do your low dopamine stuff, you know, get your workout in. And, and that means not going on your phone, not going on social media, no matter what, right? And what you'll find is that, is that you actually get into doing these things, right? You get, I get really into journaling. I got really into exercise because your brain like wants dopamine and it will take it, right? So it's just that we get, we've sort of become complacent with this idea of having so much dopamine because everything's so stimulating. We're not appreciating cooking a meal or reading a book or watching a self-improvement video because our brain is like, uh, I could be doing something way more dopamine producing right now. So once you kind of start with the high dopamine stuff, your brain doesn't then want to go, you know, if you start in the morning and you know, you like you watch some porn and you know, you listen to music and you're watching Netflix, it's very hard to then get yourself into gear to, to read a book and to do uni work. Right. So that's just a little sort of useful self-improvement tip, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's going to conclude today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Follow me on Instagram. It's Ethan underscore P 1998. You've been listening to a journal through time. I'm your host once again, Ethan Powell. And uh, yeah, peace. <laughs>